So, uh, Mickey, can you wave at everybody? Mickey's going to stand right there and just wave for a minute. Um, this is Carol Carter's son, and Mickey is a worship pastor yes. in Paris Lexington. Station. Yes, close Are enough. you going to claim Paris? Sure. And so I just thought you'd like to say hello to him. He's down celebrating his mom's baptism. How great is that? And so uh, it's a good day. He is the Lord. Wow. Yeah, I got a thumbs up. I'm, uh, I'm wondering where to go today. My heart's just running in 50 different directions and just saying, Jesus, where do you want us to go right now? I love the book of Colossians. Can you tell? And I would love it if we just turned for a few minutes to the second chapter and just read this. And, and, uh, and if, if God so behooves our stuff to work, we may actually see freedom on a screen. And if not, we're going to read more freedom out of his word. Because in, in the second chapter of the book of Colossians, he's telling us some profound things as a church. Beginning at verse 6, he just says, So as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. And for me personally, I just read that verse again this morning. And um, I don't know, I've, I've, I may or may not have shared this here in, fel- in this fellowship before. But it, it seems to me that we, we, really, um, we really talk to people a lot about the grace of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we meet them over on this side of their salvation experience. And we talk a lot about God's goodness and his grace and his fervor and his passion for them and how he's moving toward them. And that his grace is more than sufficient. And we, we guide people all the way up to saying, but you know that the things we teach people, you know that you have sin. You know that sin has burdened you. You know that that sin has, has compelled you away from God. That all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death. And, and we, we really then say, but listen, there's a free gift that God gives. It's the grace of the cross. And we get so excited about the cross of Jesus Christ. And we actually lead people here to this moment. If this, if this physical pulpit could be the spiritual reality of the cross, we lead people right here and say, just come to the cross. Boast in the cross. God loved the world, but more than that, he loved you so much that he gave and spent his life on the cross. On the cross of Jesus Christ, your stripes were healed. On the cross of Jesus Christ, The wounds that you carry can be made whole on the cross of Jesus Christ. The sin that you bore can be called sin no more because of his covering. And we invite people here to this moment and say, so come and embrace the cross. We love that. And then we invite them on past that and say, so once you do that, you should attend three times a week. And you should pray every day and you should have a quiet time and you should have an accountability partner and you should you should you know probably take one trip a year overseas and you should I mean and none of that is absolutely bad it's just not what the scripture just said it says in the same way that you were able to walk to Christ through the cross in the same way that the cross was more than sufficient in the same way that the gospel embraced you in the same way that you were brought in You never walk away from this. You don't go then, okay, here's next, and now I can start satisfying you, Lord. Scripture says in Colossians 2, Oh, Lord, that we could, as we came to you, we could continue to live in you. 
that your grace would move toward us today and that we could actually walk in you today, that we would call you the King of glory today, that we would celebrate you today, and that tomorrow when we crack our eyelids, that you will, just as you rain down your sufficient need, your your manna from heaven, your supply for the day, we have got tomorrow and that's all we can worry about. And your grace, it will meet us there again tomorrow. And your grace will help us continue to live. And the cross of Jesus Christ will become our boast. And we will rest in the cross. And so, just as you receive Christ, continue to live in Jesus Christ. Just as the grace of Jesus Christ moved toward you and rescued you out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son of God, continue to rescue, continue to allow His cross, His life, His hope to rescue you to what He has for you. So it's funny because, I, I don't know, I just read that verse this morning and I thought, this is what we do, we just do that and somehow we then make it about us again. And we come back and we, we make the story about us again. And that seems to be, for me personally reading this, the primary message of Paul to the church at Colossae. If you were here last week, the primary message of Jesus to the Pharisees and Sadducees when he went on the woe is me rant. And just looking at them and saying, please, Don't discard the grace. As you receive me, live in me. As you walk in me, let me walk through you and let my life be more than sufficient for you. And so he just says, so as you receive Christ Jesus, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and being overflowing with thankfulness in him. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world where we walk here to this cross and we say, God, we really thank you for your salvation and now we got it. He's like, don't, please don't go there. Don't walk into the hollow deception that somehow you have enough because you don't, you can't, and you never will. But in the sufficiency of the cross, in the power of Jesus Christ, if you will lock your life in there, and in Colossians 1.27, if Christ will live in you as your hope of glory, you will be built up in Him. You will be rooted and established in Him. You will live and move and breathe through Him. And it will all be for Him and for His glory. Otherwise, it will become completely distorted. And so this, the pursuit of our lives is to say, holy God, we want to be rooted and established in you. We don't want to take, we don't want to take, we don't want to have our hearts taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the principles in the world for, for, in, in Christ. There can be nothing that could come in our lives rather than on Christ. And here's why, verse 9, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and every authority. In him, you are also circumcised in the putting off of your flesh or your sinful nature. Not with the circumcision done with the hands of men. It's not something that you're going to pull off. This is not something that you can do. It is a circumcision done by Christ. And it is a grabbing of your heart. I love, I love the prophets as they say, please come and rend your hearts and not your garments. Rend what God wants, which is the interior life and not the external. Come and strip your life of who you are and allow him to be your your life. Because here's the truth. 
having been buried with him in baptism, and we just watched this, and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead, how could you possibly go back to any external gig? How could you possibly walk back to anything that you could pull off? How could you not simply say, it is here where we're going to stay, Lord. It is at the cross we're going to stay, Lord. We will never move away from the cross. I I was listening, and I I can't remember which um, long-term theologian shared this. I was listening to a friend of mine share this a few years back, and he just said, he said, I was challenged as I was reading. I can't remember if it was Spurgeon or Tozer, I don't remember which, but it was a very simple idea, and yet it has profound consequences for us. And I shared this at the first time I was able to participate in communion at this church. And he said, he just looked at us and he said, as I was reading this book and this great writing, he said, what would happen? What could possibly happen if the church of Jesus Christ, if followers of Jesus Christ, who are seeking a circumcision of the heart through Jesus Christ who are laying down their own lives and their own wishes and their own will, and they are picking up the cross of Jesus Christ. What if in our hearts and in our minds we allowed our lives to be no more than three feet from the cross? And he looked and he said that, and he said, look, and I love Galatians 6.14. It is absolutely a life verse for me. I mean, what if the boast of our life became the cross of Jesus Christ? And what if in the boast of our lives, the world died to us and we were dying to the world in an ongoing way so that because we are three feet from the cross, we could not be taken captive by empty philosophies or deceit of man because we would reach back and find the boast of our hearts as the cross of Jesus Christ. What if that were reality and true for us? I mean, literally, it would shape our relationships with one another because as we related to one another in and through the gospel of Jesus Christ, in and through the wholeness of Jesus Christ, and we were made alive in Jesus Christ, we would relate each other with one hand on the cross and one hand toward one another, and it would shape our relationships in such a way that the cross was the fullness of who we are. It would, it would shape our church if all of us said, look, as we live and move and breathe as a church, we live and move and breathe wherever we walk with the cross as the center of all we're about. That the cross dominates everything we're about. And as we walk into the schools tomorrow, as we walk into the workplaces tomorrow, we find ourselves no more than three feet from the cross. And it will shape us. It will shape our conversations. It will shape our lives. It will shape what we eat. It will shape what we drink. It will shape how we move. And it will shape what we talk about. It will shape every arena of our lives. And it will shape this church to be one glad, boasting church where the only boast that resonates out of this church is the name and the character of Jesus. I mean, that, that could become powerful for a church to say, please don't allow us to settle for some outward external appearance. But holy God, there could be nothing and no one that can change hearts other than you. And so we want to rest right here. If we can draw people here, we want them here. If we could draw people toward anything, it would not be that we have it together. And in fact, it would shape this reality. We are the most broken people on the planet with the greatest put-back-togetherer. That's absolutely horrific. But that's, I don't know, I'm, all I can think of right now is the um, egg sitting on a wall. 
And I don't know why my brain's going there. I mean, we, we would be able to say, Lord, you, you are the great putter back together. Nobody else could put all of us little Humpty Dumpties back together again. But, but here's where we are as a church. We're a whole slew of people who are broken and marred. And yet, in and through the cross, we, we, don't, we can't move away from it. Because in and through the cross, we're complete. We are made whole. I, just, I come back to the scripture because I don't, I don't want to, to just share ideas. I come back to the scripture as I meet you this morning and say, listen, how could we boast anywhere else? I mean, what he led up to is so powerful when he said, for God was pleased to have all the fullness of Christ or himself dwell in Christ. And through that, where, could you, where else can we boast? Where else can we park our lives? Through that fullness He has allowed Christ to reconcile us to himself. So where else do we go? How do do we possibly move away from that? And believe me, we do. Where I was heading today, I'm not heading. I'll head there next week. I mean, how can we possibly boast in any other thing? How can we boast in what year version we read? How can we boast in what wardrobe we wear? How can we boast in what music we sing? How can we boast in anything other than simply this? God, our boast is you, for you have reconciled us to yourself, and we come back and boast no more in any other thing except the cross. Where else can we go? Because in the cross, the scripture says, he has made peace with us by the blood of Jesus Christ. And granted, I know we've already been here, but lest we forget why he's saying this, he is looking and saying, you have peace with God by the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross. So where else are you going to go? And here's an idea for the church. Stop leading people to this point and saying, it is grace, it is grace, it is grace, and then leading them down the road of some works-based, demented religion. And let's just lead them right here and let's allow them to continue to live and be built up and established and rooted in the cross. Because in that cross there is peace and there is blood. And through that blood there is reconciliation of man and women to God. Not, not just once and forever, but once and every day. That our salvation is coming through the blood of Jesus Christ tomorrow just as it came today. I mean, listen, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your mind. And your behavior reflected that. But the cross of Jesus Christ changed everything. Now, I was a big amen because all of us have been there. Like some of us identify with that. And I'm not suggesting you have to amen to agree with this but once you walk in a completely antithetical manner to the gospel and when the gospel sees you it seized everything and it drew you to the cross and when when you were drawn there you were through his death you were made holy in his sight and listen listen when he drew you there he drew you there so that you could be free from accusation and have no blemish where else could we go We're other place. And how, as he teaches this church at Colossae, how is it plausible that we could carry someone to a deceptive philosophy or something of man when in reality the only place we could live is three feet from the cross? And our lives parked there, reaching back and saying, God, shape my relationships through this. And some of you are going, nice message, Pastor, we've heard this. No, no, what I think the Spirit of God could be saying is where there is brokenness and relational lack of wholeness, if you will wait, wait back and, and, and grasp the cross, He will probably call you to His ministry of reconciliation. 
where there is pride and where there is arrogance on your part and the places of your life where you think you are most put together, he will likely, as you reach back, splinter you with the goodness of the cross so that you can go nowhere but the cross. Where there is any other thing that we could become pious about or any philosophy that we could present from this pulpit or in the midst of this body, when we reach back to the cross, we find the one supreme thing that lifts up among us. And in that, there are no blemishes, no faults, no failures. There is only Christ. And many of us sitting in this room must not just hear a message, but be broken in the midst of this for our pride for our arrogance, for our boastfulness in things other than the cross and come back to the cross and say, God, I have been deceived. I have been moved away. I have gone away from that. And holy God, I want to bend my heart. I want to bend my knees and I want to bow my life to the cross of the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of glory. Where is this King of glory? The one who is strong in battle. Let him walk in this room and walk up to me and may I be broken before him. No diadems can stand. No scepters are left in our hands. No crowns on our head. But at the foot of the cross, it is all laid down. This isn't a motivational message. This is a heart cry from the scripture to, to boast in nothing as a church but the cross. We find ourselves glad and full and filled with him. His mercy, His grace. And he says, He says, over and over, He's reconciled us. And we're, we're just called, and I love this, to continue in our faith. And our faith, oh, by the way, in the continuance is held out through the gospel. That's why we stand here. If you can go with this physical symbol of being the cross, we can't move from here. In this gospel, it will be claimed, proclaimed to every creature on this planet. And He'll use us if we will reach back and say our lives are parked three feet from the cross, here's, 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 such, a, here's such a potent reality. If we, will, if we will preach the cross of Jesus Christ, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the truth of Colossians 2, that we're made alive together with Jesus Christ, if we will preach that, there will be joy. There will be salvation. And we will carry a hopeful message through a hopeful people who are deeply passionate. I love, I love what happened in this village when the gospel of Jesus Christ was shared. And I want you to taste this for a moment and then we'll come back and I don't know. I, don't, we'll, I believe it. And God has forgiven me. There it is. Did we pause or are we starting? Can we pause for a second? Thank you. Can we just back it up like 10 seconds? And I, here's, what I, here's what I want you to be able to see is just um, what happens when freedom comes. Listen. What happens when a room full of people on mission for God boast only in the cross? Our name, unimportant. Our priorities unimportant. What happens when you spend six months just speaking of the shed blood of Jesus Christ? On that day...
and we're trying to get there, and they're, they're, they're excited about it, and I am too. <laughs> and so I think, I think since we're there, this is what happens when the cross is boasted in. This is a village of people who discover freedom. On that day, almost all the village expressed belief in our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a sense of tremendous relief. The Mok are generally a restrained people. But as the gospel sunk in, and new believers sensed the liberation from sin, spontaneous rejoicing broke out. Watch what happened. <laughs> Village believers stating that he too believes that Christ has paid for his sins. Itao, which means it's true or it's good, it's very true. Village grammar rejoicing that he believes, so does she. Different ones giving testimony as to their belief in Christ as their sin bearer. Mark saying that if they really are believing, then God's word says that their sin is forgiven. Itao, it's good, it's true. Spontaneous rejoicing breaks out. This went on for two and a half hours. We have considered your interest in our mission board, and I'm sorry we do not believe you are missionary material. You'll just be too old and possible. Gloria, don't fret yourself so over those people. Consider your health. You have children. Mark and Gloria, as a church, we are standing behind you. We'll pray for you. We'll support you. Go in the Lord's name. are doing missions together and you crowd surf, could you make a video and send it back to us? I mean, that's a missionary's dream, right? You know, just the whole village comes to know Christ. And uh, the whole village is saying, you know, it's true. I mean, this scripture that we're reading, it's we're, we didn't come today to come to church. We came to meet you. We came to meet you in your word. And we believe, Iatau, that it's not just true, it's very true. We believe that this truth is so real and vivid to us that we're, we're reaching back to the very heart of what we're about and we're, we're grasping the cross and saying, Lord, 
how could we be about anything else? For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you've been given fullness in Christ. Did you hear that? He is the head over every power and every authority. There's no other name to proclaim except his. In him you were circumcised in the putting off of sinful nature. It's not with a circumcision done by the hands of men. It's done with a Christ. Listen, you've been buried with him in baptism. And you have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God. Who raised him from the dead. Why don't we live there? When Ryan was sharing, or actually asked us a little question about what's a diadem. The only way that I know how to uh, allow this to happen in our lives is a story I heard, a really simple story. How, how, how do I wrap my heart around God? I want, to, I want to live three feet from the cross. I think Carol nailed it in the baptismal pool when you said, are you a follower of Jesus? And her answer is, oh no, I'm not just a follower of Jesus. I will follow him wherever he goes. Wherever he takes me, I'm in. I love uh, the picture when, um, when there is a person that is being anointed to service in, the, in a kingdom. They actually bow. And if I were prepared for this moment, I would have my sword with me because I have a sword. And they will kneel before the king and they will literally say to the king, I am yours. And then there's a powerful moment that I believe we're at right now in Scripture. They will actually bend their neck, and in their kneeling, they will expose their neck to the king. And here's what they're saying to the king. You can have my life. You can take it, or you can anoint me. But I am for your service. And as I kneel in this moment, I call you King Jesus. I expose my neck, my heart, and my life. Circumcise me as you see fit for the sake of your kingdom. that happens, you're serving your own kingdom. May we be today a room full of people who expose our neck to the King of glory and say to him, use me or take my life, but I'm yours. Glory of the highest, Lord. Who is this king of glory? Who is this king strong in battle? Who is this powerful and anointed one? You are the king of glory, Lord Jesus. Let the king of glory come in strong, right, filled with grace, compounding in hope. Jesus, I pray for a room filled with us who will, who will call you king who will spend ourselves for your glory and your name.
God, I pray in this moment as we prepare to respond to you, that God, there will be many necks exposed this morning and a genuine willingness to lay down our rights, our hopes, and our plans. And to honestly walk as Carol has said she will walk. Wherever you take us, Lord, we're in. We will follow. God, I pray for a church that's only boast is in the cross of Jesus Christ. For in that cross, the world dies to us. And we die to the world. Jesus, have your will and your way for the next minutes as we respond to you. We're, we're just going to worship for a little bit. We're going to sing for a little while. You know, there's, there's, there's a few things that we've scripted in responses, but God always has better things in mind. And so as we sing, some of you may want to come and just, in fact, even while I'm talking, some of you, God has prompted to come and just bow before him. And so if you, if you want to find your way to an altar, it's here. I love the Old Testament picture of altars. These are just places where we look at the Lord and say, we don't want to be the same. It's, it's, it's not a weird place or a funky thing that we do. It is literally a place where we simply say to Jesus, we see you more fully and we cannot continue to go in the trajectory we're going. So we name this place, Lord. So some of us are going to find an altar and just bow before the King. Some of us are going to actually exit this room and pick up our phones and begin to heal relationships. Some of you, God, has already prompted you that this is your church home and you're going to come and talk to Dr. Davis or you're going to come and speak to Ryan Ship, and you're just going to say, look, I want to partner with this body to make the name of Jesus great. Some of you are here and you really want relationship with Jesus, this person we've talked about for an hour and 20 now. If that's you, we invite you to come. We invite you to walk toward him, not toward us. We'll be here to greet you and share with you at the front. But Jesus, more than anything, I pray that we will see you as king in this moment. And we'll respond in like manner. Will you stand? Will you respond as God leads? Can we worship together? Oh